Hi, it's Robin McMahon here. I'm the host of Parenting Our Future. And if you're listening to this podcast, I want to thank you so much for being here. I also want you to know that I'm a former angry mom. I used to yell and rage and threaten and punish my kids because I wasn't getting the cooperation or the behavior that I felt I should be getting. And I struggled for many years, not knowing how to change or knowing what to do differently. It wasn't until I found the world of peaceful parenting that I learned why my kids acted the way they did and also why I was so angry and triggered. I was able to heal my anger and leave my triggers behind so that I could focus on being the calm and confident parent I always expected myself to be. I can tell you that feeling connected to your kids is the best feeling in the world. My two boys are teenagers now, and we have a strong relationship that is rooted in deep connection. And where there is connection, there's cooperation. Parenting is the most important job we do, but it's the hardest job we do. And we do it without understanding the fundamentals of the way our kids grow and develop. We do it without knowing the way their brains work or what their behavior is actually really telling us. So it's no wonder it's so hard. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, this is harder than I thought it would be. And that's where I come in. I can help you and I can support you so that you can have the cooperation and enjoy being a parent. You can book a free call with me on my website, parentingforconnection.com. And if you want to download my free guide, how to turn a no into cooperation, go to triggerfreeparents.com. I really hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Parenting Our Future. Okay, listen, there are so many people that I talk to who go on a vacation and it's miserable or it is nothing like they expected. It is frustrating. They just kind of take the troubles, the frustrations that they have at home, and they just take it on the road with them. And we somehow think that there's going to be this magical change in our kids and in circumstances that if we go away and we give them a world of yes and magical experiences that all of a sudden they're going to settle in and they're just going to love every minute of it. Well, I can tell you from my own experience, it doesn't necessarily happen that way. In fact, it just doesn't happen that way. And I am so happy to have somebody who's a travel expert here. Dawn Barkley is with me today and she's an award-winning author and she spent 30 plus years working in different aspects of the travel industry. And she's written a book called Traveling Different Vacation Strategies for Parents of the Anxious, Inflexible, and Neurodiverse kids. Sorry if I got that title slightly wrong, but we'll make sure we get it right by the end of the, uh, by the end of the episode, traveling different is the name of the book. And I love the idea of this book because let's face it, traveling is stressful for anybody. And when you bring kids on board and kids who are neurodiverse, which a lot of us have, it is really tough. So welcome, Dawn. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So tell me about this book. Uh, what, what is it that made you write this book to begin with? Well, to be honest, uh, I, when this book, when I needed this book back in the early two thousands, it wasn't available and being a travel writer, I could see the need for it. So, uh, I did start writing it back then. I interviewed, uh, some very well-known autism and ADHD experts at that time 
And then I hit a wall because I didn't have uh, a lot of other people to interview. And it was a lot more difficult then than it is now. But once, once a group called IBCCES put out something called the Certified Autism Travel Professional Designation, I had a much better idea of how to approach the book and who to interview and how to get a hold of their clients who were parents. And it brought the whole thing together. Okay. So I think uh, when we say neurodiverse, I need to understand what you mean by that, because I think it means different things for different people. I know what it means to me, but can you tell me what that means to you? Sure. And, and who uh, you it, cover in this book, yeah, essentially. Absolutely. Absolutely. It uh, means anybody who's on the autism spectrum and a lot of um, disorders that used to be independently called independent of that are now sort of under that umbrella, as well as children with mood disorders, such as bipolar uh, and uh, uh, borderline personality disorder, as well as attention disorders like ADHD. But what I found is that the special needs travel tips can work for neurotypical children as well, because every child is anxious and inflexible when they're taken out of their comfort zone. Totally. And it is amplified in a child that has anxiety, right? And uh, who knows the stories they're telling themselves and what they're really worried about and what's really going on. Plus ADHD, you process things differently, right? And, uh, you know, I have a son with OCD and I'll tell you, uh, there was a time that we went to Mexico, first big trip that we ever went on. And my son became completely obsessed with buying a pair of Oakley's. And of course we weren't going to buy him like $270 Oakley's, but then he became obsessed about getting the guy on the beach who was selling the Oakley's and he didn't come one day and then whatever. And it completely hijacked our trip. So, you know, I think that you definitely do need to think ahead when you have a neurotypical child, you can't always anticipate what's going to happen. And I think that's probably the hardest part, but you have some starting small advice. And I want to sort of hear about that. What do you mean by starting small when it comes to traveling with your kids? Well, I think the most important thing is to prepare and to break the trip down to the nth degree, which is what I've tried to do in the different mm. chapters of the book. And yes, a whole chapter is dedicated to starting small. Mm. So staying at a, a place other than your own home. There's a way to do that before you spend thousands of dollars on a hotel. And that's to go to the home of a relative or a good friend for right. the night, for one night to see how the child is going to react to a room other than their own. And also to know what you're going to need to bring with you. There are some parents who find that they need to bring their own sheets and towels mm. or they need, or their own blankets or their own toiletries because of the smells might be upsetting to right. a child's. Uh, so anything sensory, they, it, some people bring their own lamps or fans to block out sounds from the, um, the hallway. So yeah. this is for hotels, for camping, you might want to camp in your backyard for a night before mm. you go and take off on an expensive camping trip, uh, for airlines, there are programs like wings for autism, where you can walk through the airport and experience mm. every part of the trip up to boarding. And that was put on hold during COVID, but I'm hoping it's coming back. There are other airlines that you can call and they'll walk you through the airport and give you a tour. Even if you want to preview the feeling of what it's like on an airplane, have mm. the child go in a car on a bumpy road and close their eyes. Because when you think about it, it's kind of similar to what you might feel with turbulence. So these are mm. little ways. Also, 
reading books, picture books, where the main characters are experiencing different parts of a trip. That's another way. And there are favorite characters who may have travel stories that you can buy and read. That's a great idea. I wish I had done at least one of those things. <laughs> I did not. Because I think like in general, an airport is overwhelming because there's tons of people coming and going. There's lineups that are boring. There are security people that look intimidating. There's all of these different machines that you've never seen before with conveyor belts. Your bags disappear behind these curtains of like, you know, fabric or plastic or whatever. And you, it's very different. It is very different. So I love this idea. I love walking through. I love all of that and breaking it down to the, to the little sort of minute details as much as you think you need to. Um, and, and I think that this also comes with a, um, a mindset you need to have too. So, you know, one of the things that my husband and I always sort of tell each other is, okay, no expectations. We are not going to expect that they're going to love this. We're not going to expect that they're going to hate this. We're just going to be open to what is right. So tell me about how you would coach a parent in, or talk to a parent, advise a parent on how to have their mindset around going on a trip with a child who is, you know, has those extra needs is neurodiverse. Yeah, absolutely. And what you said earlier, how you described the airport is exactly the type of empathy you should have for the child because you're seeing it through their eyes. Mm -hmm. So what I suggest is to always put together a child centric trip. And that is to break it down, figure out what's going to be most comfortable for the child. And of course, you know, your child better than anyone and you know, their triggers better than anyone. You're going to pack a bag, which we call a go-to bag, which is going to have exactly what they need, which is usually electronics, which really help. It can be noise canceling headphones. Everybody Mm. recommends that it can be dark glasses, especially if you're going to a theme park where there are bright lights, uh, there's just so you'll know what your child needs, but what is my favorite part of the book is toward the end. It is a chapter that talks about how to feed into a child's passions. So many children have, um, special interests and obsessions that they can talk about up to 16 hours a day, especially if they're on the autism spectrum. So what I did was try to think of as many of those special interests as I could and point out venues that cater to those interests. So if you have a child who loves trolley cars or elevators or Mm. anything, uh, I mean, there were just mustard. There's a mustard museum. There's dinosaurs, (laughs) yeah, dinosaurs, insects. And I break it down by state and by city. And these are places you might go to feed into those interests because then you've built the trip around the child, just like asking the child for their input on the trip, making sure you mm-hmm. offer, suggest, you know, here are your choices, but make sure you're okay with all the choices before you offer them mm-hmm. and um, ask for their help in packing. What do they want to bring? If they need to bring a lot of toys, you may consider shipping them ahead of time because a lot of these children have a lot of things they want to bring with them. And one of the reasons some people love Amtrak is because the luggage allowances are more liberal. 
And it's fun I, for a kid. I mean, I, I kids love trains. I know my boys yeah. were just, they were obsessed with trains for a long time. So, uh, so that's very cool. And look, you know, you're saying child centric trip. And I think some parents might be like, oh, you know, everything I do is about my kids. Right. And what about me? And, and, and how, you know, what, what about what I want? And, and I want to empathize with those parents that might be thinking that because I get that too. And there is nothing better than seeing your child happy and having fun and really enjoying things. And look, if you just want to sit on a beach and relax, maybe that's not the trip you take your kids on, you know, and not everybody has the luxury of having care for their kids and and that sort of thing. But if that's what you really need, you know, um, that's just maybe not the trip for your child. So really think about that, right? Would you agree? I would. And there are places called uh, certified autism centers that have the staff trained for children who might be anxious and flexible or on the spectrum and where you can uh, have the child go to a kid's club during the day. And you can have that special time with your, with your significant other. So beaches in Jamaica and Mm -hmm. also in Turks and Caicos are uh, one of those uh, types of resort, three of those types of resorts, but there are others that are autism friendly. And I list them through the book. Also cruises. There is a cruise company called autism on the seas that will help work with you. But there are five major cruise lines who have dedicated their staff and their energies to making the trip, uh, more accessible for everyone. So that's, that's really, really great. Um, I, I didn't know any of that. And of course that makes so much sense. Um, and I would guess that if you have a program that caters to kids with autism, that you would be able to handle other kids with high anxiety, like you said, mood or, um, bipolar, you know, different things, different things like that. Uh, I think that's, that's really great. You've got some really knowledgeable, caring staff to take care of your kiddos too. So that's great. That's, that's news to me. Like I said, I, I didn't know any of this. I didn't even think about researching. I mean, what can I say? I, I just didn't know what I didn't know. I feel sort of silly saying that out loud, but it makes perfect sense. And I love that you are filling this gap and we're talking about this because there are lots of people and like, I've been to Disneyland with my kids and it was not the greatest either. And I saw those poor families that were miserable at Disneyland too, right? Taking that quick picture to post on Facebook or Instagram. And then the rest of the time is not so fun. Right. Yeah. And there are a lot of theme parks that now have programs that make them more, um, spectrum friendly as well as friendly to kids with special needs. Um, use Legoland has become mm-hmm. a certified autism center, Sesame's place. There's a, actually a lot at Disney that's dedicated to this. If you ask ahead of time. And again, if you work with a certified autism travel professional, they'll know how to handle everything for you and where to book you. And that's whether you're on the spectrum or not, they're, they're highly right. trained. Uh, wonderful. So, where do we yeah. find those professionals? They're in my book. Well, there you go. I mean, shameless but, plug. Yeah, no, but you can also you can also go to IBCCES, which is the International Board of Credentialing and uh, Continuing Education um, Standards. I always get that. Always. Okay, so and say that slower. I IBCC yeah. IBCCES is the International Board of Credentialing and Continuing Education Standards. 
Okay. And they, they, um, they are the ones who certify the uh, certified autism centers. They are the ones who certified the travel professionals. They have something called autismtravel.com where you can find uh, different places that are uh, friendly toward people on the spectrum. And uh, you can find a travel professional there as well. That's so wonderful. Love it. I love it so much. So uh, we'll make sure that's in the show notes for everybody listening. So I-B-C-C-E-S and you can find an autism travel professional in your book. And of course there too. Uh, And I'm sure you can just look it up and, and find that plus your city uh, where, wherever you live to find somebody like that. I think that's wonderful. And I love today's day and age too, where you can really just sort of virtually, you know, you don't have to have somebody right in your neighborhood, right. <laughs> right? That can guide right. you through this. Right. Um, okay. So what's you now you wrote this book interviewing a lot of different families, right. And, yes. um, and what did you learn from these families? Cause I'm sure they've tried and failed a lot of things and I'm sure they've tried and succeeded at a lot of things. So i just love some anecdotal yeah, stories or ideas of, of, of what happened with these families that you, sure. that you got to talk to. Sure. So one family found that they really had to learn how to pace themselves because life with their child was not the same as life before they had children. And mm. so instead of trying to cram 15 things into one day, they learned they really had to cram one or two things in and go at the child's pace because they said so many of our pictures are taken with our child on our back, our nine-year-old carrying our nine-year-old yeah. on our back. Mm. Uh, and another family said, I mean, they, they learned through experience that the child had triggers like the fluorescent lights or the crowds or the humming of a fluorescent mm-hmm. light. And they had to try mm-hmm. to work around that. Even uh, going from the airport to where you get uh, your luggage, Sometimes you have to take a train, like in Atlanta, you have to take. So what they found was they had to sort of say, oh, it's not going to be that long. And there's going to be a prize for you at the end. So they found Mm -hmm. different ways to incentivize the child to put up with that small period of inconvenience in order to get the the larger, the larger gift. Uh, so there's one family said that they found out the hard way that Disney doesn't, um, Disney doesn't serve ice cream before 10 a.m. Oh my goodness. And so their child had a full meltdown at 9, 10 when it was clear that this wasn't going to happen. And they had to call their travel agent, um, who was a CATP, and she was able to guide them to where a quieter place was at the park where they could where the child could decompress. There's there's one family, just as as a final, there's one family who when they go camping, they learned the first day has to be a decompression day and they don't plan anything because both their neurodiverse and neurotypical child prefer it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good point. Really good point. Uh, those are great, great to hear. And also I think, you know, I think I want to go back to what I said before it's releasing your expectations and thinking, you know, exactly how it's going to be, which if you do that, you're going to feel disappointed. If you don't get those Kodak moments, like my kids on my, on my back the entire time, and I'm not getting the pictures that I wanted. And that's not where you want your head to be. You want to, you want to focus on what's also true, which is we got to, you know, we got to see the, 
sparkle in my, in my child's eyes because he got to see what a dinosaur really looks like up close or could have looked like, right? There are so many beautiful moments. And so when you're focused on those things that you can't control, I think that just is a joy killer, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so if you think ahead and prepare ahead, um, hopefully you'll avoid the meltdowns and you'll be able to share those moments. And if there are things you have to do with your significant other, there are, um, there are babysitters that you can hire that are familiar with special needs. And maybe the child spends a few hours in the hotel with them while you go out and enjoy yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is so great. I feel like I have, I feel like I have a story from every single one of the trips that we've taken with our kids. That was like, I had no idea this would be a problem. Like I had no idea. Um, so the, the idea of prepping is so great. Like my kids are teenagers now. They, it's not like it was back then, right? You know, we've sort of lived and learned and I wish, I wish I had this book. I really wish that I knew of you before. And so I really, really hope everybody who's listening, who, you know, again, even a neurotypical child can, can really um, thrive with this. I don't think that it's a bad idea to practice this stuff anyway, to go to the airport and just see anyway. So, um, tell me the name of your book again, where can people get it? Sure. It's called traveling different vacation strategies for parents of the anxious, the inflexible and the neurodiverse. Uh, it is available on pre-order now and it will be out August 15th. It'll be out in uh, hardcover audio and pay, uh, sorry, not paperback ebook, but the ebook can't be pre-ordered until August 15th. Gotcha. Um, okay. And I also have a blog at travelingdifferent.com that will back up the book because things change. And mm -hmm. it's important. It's Love really it. important for parents to remember that just because I've written something in the book, you should still do your due diligence. I've included phone numbers and um, URLs for every place I've listed. Check and make sure that all the information is right and that what they're offering for people with special needs is what your child needs. Because there are mm -hmm. some museums, for example, that have a sensory day for children on the spectrum, but it might not be offered the day you're there. It yeah. might be one Saturday a month and it's not the Saturday you're there. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. That, that's not good. That's not good. I just want to say thank you so much. I love the idea of the blog. Well, I'll make sure to put that link in the show notes. Well, uh, now you said when your book is out in August and is it, uh, available at every bookstore or is it only on Amazon only on your website? It will be available online at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, you can order it from any bookstore, but they have to send for it. It won't be on the shelves. But okay. what I do encourage people to do is get their libraries to order it so that people mm. can't afford it. will be able to read it. Wonderful. That is so good. Dawn, I mean this so sincerely. You are a gift to so many parents. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Thank oh, you for Thank you. this. I think this is so valuable. And I'm going to be talking about you for a really long time because so many people know this. And like I have said, I have said this to people until I'm blue in the face, like you don't want to go on another family vacation that you are miserable on, that you're going to regret that actually causes a rift in your relationship. Because what we end up saying to ourselves is 
I spent all this money on you to make you happy or, you know, those kinds of thoughts, right? Like my kids are so ungrateful. They don't even appreciate all the work that I did and all this kind of stuff. We don't want to be there. We want us all to enjoy. I know because I've struggled in my parenting and I have great relationships with my boys now that there's nothing better than all being together as a family and enjoying each other, no matter what you're doing, when everybody's happy, everybody's happy. So that is a beautiful thing. Thank you for this. And thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach, Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace.